This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. We've already had a wonderful program, and it's, it's, uh, boy, you wait till you get to heaven. I mean, it's going to be something uh, there. I can tell you, you will not be bored with the pageantry and the drama and uh, all of the goings-on because he is worthy to be praised. He's a great God and worthy to be praised. I think it'll take at least the first thousand years to get over the wonder that you're there, uh, that he got you there because he can get you there, can he? I want to share just a few moments uh, as a... Tying in with uh, with the video that we just showed, who but Jesus? Uh, could you say that with me? Who but Jesus? You know, we observe and, and commemorate on this day uh, the great event that split history into before and after and changed the world forever. It's the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's the resurrection that sets Jesus apart and above all others. So many have lived uh, throughout the centuries and and all uh, have made claims to be the way uh, for man to find happiness, to find wholeness, eternal bliss. Many have promised uh, these things. And I'm sure that most of uh, them did uh, were not uh, um, being destructive or trying to be deceptive. They simply wanted to help people. But you know, man's help sometimes is just no help at all when it comes to uh, those things which are impossible. And see, it's, in, uh, it's an impossibility uh, for us who were born uh, separated from God spiritually uh, it was impossible for us to come back to God except God made a way for us uh, to come back to him man tries to make their way to God but God made his way to man that's what's the difference is that's that's the story uh, that's his story that's the history that that matters many lived and made claims but they all died and they're still dead they have stayed dead men and their man-made religions. Take the Dalai Lama, for example. We're on number 14 now. Everybody say 14. A good person, wants to help people. But 13 before him are dead and gone. And and this one will go the same way. Buddha, uh, again, uh, you know, I'm sure wanted to help people. But he also is dead and gone. We can find the graves of the 13. We can find Buddha's grave. Confucius uh, founded Confucianism. He also dead and gone. All lived and all died. Muhammad of Mecca, the prophet of Islam, dead and gone. Krishna uh, founded Hinduism, dead and gone. 
Zarasta, dead and gone. I never heard of him, but apparently during Daniel's time, uh, he was a popular fellow. He was a Persian prophet. And, uh, these things, uh, he actually, that was very, this religion was very popular all the way up to Alexander uh, the Great and still survives in India in the Parsi faith. Uh, has a lot of uh, a lot of Greek philosophy took its root from Zoroaster, but he also is dead and gone. All of these men lived and they all died, and then listed. You know, you can Google uh, up all the great religions of the uh, of the world, and they list Jesus of Nazareth as one of these uh, famous or infamous leaders, whichever. You choose to believe, but the question is: is uh, is uh, who is the Son of God? Who but Jesus? Now, many all of these people heard to, many claim to have had an encounter with God and proposed uh, a way uh, that seems right, uh, looks right, sounds good. But over in Romans, I remember being in the airport one time. Was uh, had gone up to Vermont uh, to do uh, a little two-week, uh, a week revival in my hometown. How many of you know a prophet's not without honor except in his hometown? Uh, but you know, uh, a lot of times I found this. Um, you know, you care probably most about the folks uh, that are nearest and dear to you. You know, you, how is it possible? I, I remember thinking when I became a Christian, how it was possible that I could live in America, that I could, I could uh, have uh, be take, I have, had been taken to church. They even sprinkled water on me uh, as a baby. Uh, that's what they did in the Methodist church is they sprinkled you. Uh, with water, a, a form of dedication to God. I thank God for that. I thank God honored that, but that didn't save me. You know, and the church didn't even really tell me that I was lost. I had no clue. You know, <clears throat> taken to church up until, you know, about the fifth grade or so, and uh, uh, lived all those years. I became a Christian at 23 and took a fellow on a construction job who had had a real encounter and experience of being born again uh, with Jesus Christ, through simple faith in Jesus Christ, to ask me, had I ever been born again? Had I accepted Jesus? I didn't even know what that meant. Here, grew up in, in you know, I thought because I was American and, you know, uh, that, that, the money said in God we trust. Naturally, we just all trust in God. This didn't have a clue. I, I, but I remember, you know, being so so much in my heart that I wanted the people that were near and dear to me. And I, wa- I was born and brought up there. Spent, you know, my formative years uh, up north. So, yes, I'm... Amen. I can be like... Uh, like Paul said, I was one born out of place and out of time. Should have been born in Alabama. But I'm, you know, it's not how you start, honey. It's how you finish. I'm here now. All right. Be careful, the Bible says, to be nice to the foreigners who are 
among you, for you were once a foreigner yourself. All right. Oh. But I, I tell you, just had such a desire for the people that were near and dear to me to, to know what I had come to find out. The person that I had come uh, to realize was the Son of God. The Son of God. Now, I was in the airport. Uh, uh, I had to drive, but Miss Sandy flew. Uh, that will tell you something about our our relationship. I'm plain Jane, she's fancy then. She, she, she had to work, so she flew. I drove up with the kids. But I was waiting in the airport, and I had, uh, there was a lady sitting there. She was, her husband was, uh, um, uh, worked for a big company that was up there, IBM, and, and uh, they'd spent some time in Germany, and she uh, was waiting for him, and I was waiting for Miss Sandy, same flight. And so she asked me why I was there, so, you know, I told her why I was there. And she said, well, tell me something. She said, how do you know that Jesus is the Son of God? I said, well, the Bible says he is. She said, well, you know, she said, you know, all these other books, they, they claim. You know, Muhammad claimed to be the Son of God. She goes, so what, in the course, so what's, what's the difference? And I did not have an answer uh, for her at that, uh, at that time, but... Um, I found out, and I'm going to read this to you out of Romans. It's the first chapter, second verse out of the Message Bible. It says, The sacred writings contain preliminary reports by the prophets on God's Son. His descent from David's root, his descent from David roots him in history. His unique identity as the Son of God was shown by the Spirit when Jesus was raised from the dead, setting him apart as the Messiah, our Master. One translation says, God declared Jesus to be the Son of God in raising him from the dead. The thing that sets Jesus uh, apart as the Son of God was all of these other folks have died and they're gone. They stayed dead. But Jesus lived, and he died. And today we commemorate him coming back to life. Resurrection is is defined as returning to life. To resurrect something is to bring back to life. You know, the truest symbol of Christianity, and I appreciate the song and the cross. The cross is represents the crucifixion, the sacrifice of Jesus, uh, the, his death as paying penalty so that we were absolutely pardoned. You know, to be pardoned is that you're not paroled. Pardoned is you're declared innocent from now on. You did it. You're guilty. You should have paid the penalty. But you are absolutely pardoned. Amen. This represents. But I believe that the truest symbol of Christianity is not the cross and the crucifixion, but rather the empty tomb that signifies the resurrection. You know, religion was not troubled over the cross. Matter of fact, they they used the cross to crucify Jesus. The cross was something that they uh, that they embraced. Um, see, because a crucified dead Jesus is a harmless Jesus. 
you know, in Matthew 27, I'm going to read this uh, out of, uh, it's a little unusual perhaps for Easter Sunday, but I, I was just, in preparing for today, this, this scripture came across my, came across my thoughts. It was the day after uh, they had crucified Jesus. He was dead, declared dead by the centurion, Pilate. Uh, received the news that he was dead. Joseph of Arimathea had come. He was a secret disciple and he had come and asked for the body. They had taken the body down because it was the Passover and they had, uh, and they had uh, laid Jesus in the tomb, wrapped him in the shroud and laid him in the tomb. And it was the uh, it was the day after, and uh, most everybody that knew Jesus was uh, you know was uh, in mourning. It's you know he's dead. It's done. It was a good ride. What now? But uh, the devil was still busy thinking about Jesus, and you can see this. It said after sundown, the high priests and Pharisees arranged a meeting with Pilate. They said, Sir, we just remembered that the liar announced while he was still alive, after three days I will be raised. We've got to get that tomb sealed until the third day. See, he's not dead enough for us. We need to keep him dead dead. We need to make sure that we seal him up dead and that he stays dead. Because... They went on to say, said, there's a good chance that his disciples will come and steal the corpse. And then go around saying he's risen from the dead. Then we'll be worse off than before. Not because the final deceit surpassing the first. Now, see, they, they, uh, uh, the, the devil is afraid of a resurrected Jesus. He's more afraid of a resurrected Jesus than a dead Jesus, a, a crucified Jesus, a, a in the tomb Jesus. It's, it's this fear of anybody ever believing that he's raised from the dead. And see, the devil uh, just believes that, well, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, the only way that could happen, they naturally reason things away, see, you know. Oh, But we'll be worse off than before if the word gets out that he's raised from the dead ever how it happens. Ever how people find out. If he's raised from the dead. Now the video said, who but Jesus? See, a live Jesus and a back to life Jesus is more powerful and more dangerous because... You know, uh, the Bible teaches, it says that, that death has a grip on us. And the way it has a grip on us is the fear of death. People start dying the minute they're born. They start a race that ends in death, natural death in this world. But, but we're disadvantaged to begin with because we're born separated from God. We're born of the seed of Adam who was separated from God and the seed of God in Jesus brought us back to God. Hallelujah. Made it possible for us to come back to life. 
To come back to God is to come back to life. Jesus loved us back to life because he loved us enough to get us back to God. See? And we have to look at our lives, don't we? Uh, And we may know about Jesus. We may be very comfortable with the Easter, you know, Version or even a Christmas version, a Jesus as a baby in a manger, born in a manger, or as a Jesus who was uh, who died on a, a cross. But it's this live Jesus, this Jesus that has come back to life, that is a reality and a real relationship with Him. That's as real as the person sitting next to you. Now that is a different story. That's a different issue. And we have to, the Bible says, in order to be saved or rescued or brought back to God, that that we don't have to just believe that Jesus was born and that he lived. We don't have to believe that even uh, that he died, but we have to believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And why is that important? Because believing in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead is also to embrace this this verse of Scripture. And I'm going to read this out of the Passion Bible. And it's good that we just listen uh, to it for a moment. It's found in Ephesians. You know, a lot of people don't want anything to do with the church, and I'm with you where that is concerned. Uh, You know, like the angel said, it's kind of the, you know, the first preaching of the uh, message of him being risen. He he qualified it by saying, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Hmm? You know, if, if, if... if we're gonna if we're gonna be a Christian and alive unto God, we ought to live life like we're alive, like He's alive and we're alive, and it's like the Bible says, life, life, and more life. There is His life and our life, and together that's more life. The life together with God is more life than you ever hoped for, ever dreamed of, ever could. The life that God's put together for you. Why try to keep putting one together for yourself? Why look for the living among the dead? Amen. Why look for the uh, Why look for life for those that can't make, didn't make it through life alive, didn't make it through death alive. Good people, but they didn't make it through death alive. All these philosophies of men and religions of men. And I'm going to tell you something else. Now, I don't make any apology for this. If it's in this Bible, I'm going to just believe it. One person said, you know, well, how can I believe that, that Jonah got swallowed by a big fish and then he throwed him up? It's like, that's not hard to believe when you believe that, that God hung the stars in the sky, in the sun, that big ball of fire, he just lit it on fire and it stays on fire. And it's not, uh, you know, I mean, even science, just a, just a few degrees off its axis and we'd all burn up. We'd be burned up or we'd freeze to death. It's exactly how God set it into, you know, that God could create a fish that could swallow a man and spit him up again. I don't have any trouble believing that. I'm a believer. Isn't that right? What I, <laughs> what I do have trouble swallowing is that there's not a God. 
is that, you know, I look at folks that say there's not a God and, you know, they're finding their happiness. And, you know, it has to be mostly chemically induced or, you know, uh, or uh, sexually seduced or whatever. I mean, you know, and they're just as happy as they can be. I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. Or tell me about it. You know, then give them enough of that and they'll start telling you how their life's coming apart and this and that. Amen. If you're so happy, why do you have to escape the life that you're living? Ever how? Are you listening? I mean, real happiness that there's real, things are right. There's a peace and a joy that's there. Amen. Eternity has been settled forever for you. Things get right with God. Things will be right this way. A lot of times people are trying to make it right this way and it's not right this way. If you get the, the relationship right, your other relationships will all be okay. Some of you worry way too much about what other folks think about you. Honey, and it is a gift from God that you don't get to know what they're thinking about you right now. You don't. Solomon said, don't. He said, don't listen too hard to folks that are whispering. They're probably talking about you. You don't want to hear what they're saying. What do it matter? What does it matter? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, you know, happy with him. I've made a lot of people unhappy in my life, even as a Christian. And, you know, I mean, you know, not meaning, not meaning to, I, you know, hopefully that when we, you know, get to heaven, I'll have a chance to... Uh, you know, uh, they'll have to forgive me there, even if they can't forgive me here, you know. But I mean, you know, you go on and, and do the best you can. Isn't that right? I can't live every day, you know, uh, uh, letting... I, I tell people all the time, I say, you know, man, that's really bad. and that's Or that's really sad. But really, honestly, it's not bad or sad enough for me to waste the rest of my life over. Yeah, I'm going to get on and get over it. You know what has made me the maddest is when I was mad or sad and Sandy was glad. Not that I was mad or sad. She's just like, get over it. You know, I mean, hey, let's go on. It's like, I don't want to go on. I want to be miserable. You know, this is a happy life with God. I'm happier with God than I was ever was with the devil. You may be happier with the devil with God, but you know, after a while, let's check back and see how that's working out for you. As my, my total experience with him, you know, is that I got sick of the dead end roads. I got sick of the dead beat. Looking for the living among the dead. Are you listening? Amen. Let me read this verse of scripture. Um, to you, uh, Ephesians 2, it says, <clears throat> And his fullness fills you, even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses. There, there's, no, there's no dead like dead dead, being, being dead to God. Have, have no perception, no sense of, no reality of God, just a cheap substitute of religion. Just a cheap substitute of not knowing what he is saying, but 
you heard so-and-so say such-and-such. Well, I would think that your life would matter more uh, than a a say-so by some so-and-so. Seemed to me like you'd want to know on your own if God's real or not. Seems to me that, you know, if you're sick of looking for the living among the dead, all the dead rituals, you know, uh, I look for them, you know, with the folks at the bar. I couldn't find him there. I look for him with folks said that he was here, he was there. Do this, do that, and that'll make you happy. This'll, this is the good life. And I didn't find him there. Well, I'll tell you, I looked for him when I looked at the church, and a lot of I saw just, you know, dead men's bones in white, in big white sepulchers. And lives that were just as dirty as mine on the inside, even though the outside was washed for sun to go to meet. I'm going to tell you what now. This thing started out. It says those who really are looking for God will find him. You're looking for the, the real Jesus. And I'll tell you who but Jesus can satisfy. I haven't found anybody but him. <clears throat> so yeah, I was, a, I was like a corpse, dead in my sins and offenses, dead to God. Didn't care. Didn't know there was a God. Didn't really care. I'm trying to be happy here. Well, a lot of folks are doing that. I don't get offended with folks that are doing this or doing that, you know. There's grace for all that stuff because really they're just in a process of elimination. They're trying to find all the ways that are not in order to find the one way that is. Because before it's all said and done, who but Jesus? No one but Jesus. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world. Obeying the dark rulers of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. We live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children, subject to God's wrath like everyone else. But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy that even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, He united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by His wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Now what does that mean? It means that Jesus bought and paid for the ticket whether you ever get on the airplane or not. Whether you ever make the trip or not. God counted you in as one of his. God counted you in as one who would and one who could because of what Jesus did. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he said, I'm including you, but you're going to have to get your ticket. You're going to have to trust Jesus. 
You're going to have to trust what he did and I did with him to get you out of that dead and into the life, to come back to life. And that's the offer. Pretty simple. Pretty plain. We can't do it. Uh, we, we, we can't do it on our own. No amount of goodness. No amount of, of finagling. No amount of deal making. No amount of you know, uh, excuses or even reasons. Only Jesus. But Jesus. Simple faith in Jesus Christ. That old empty tomb is, a, is the best symbol for Christianity. Because he's not there. He's seated at the right hand of God. Now why is that important to you? Because God doesn't, na- God doesn't number us. He names us. I'm glad that Jesus, when nobody else knew me, and nobody else was praying for me, because I've had times when I've done some stupid stuff. I, I know, I know I, I've offended people that could have prayed for me, probably should have prayed for me, because that's what offenses are for. They're a yellow flag to say, you know, God's saying, now that I've got your attention, pray for them. Not against them, but pray for them. But I, I'm confident of this, that when I had just burned all of the bridges in my life and alienated everyone because, you know, uh, we do that sometimes, still, Jesus don't like to lose. Don't like to lose. Does isn't ever going to give up because he's unwilling to do heaven without you. He, he just does not like to lose w- even one. The Bible says he'll leave the 99 to go looking for the one because he doesn't like to lose. And you know, I, I, I know some of you are thinking, I'm so glad I got saved. Boy, I'll tell you what now. Now remember this, he gets the worst one first. <laughs> I was the first one. In my generation, my family, a lot of them came in after it. You know, God get the worst one first. Because then the real witness is, well, if God could save him. Maybe he could do something with me. Oh, he can do something with He can do something with you, all right? He doesn't have anybody else to work with but you but boy what he can do with you how he can be a witness to other people that are in just as much trouble or just as dead as you were and how do you explain something that happens on the inside that that is that is so private and personal and deep within the heart how 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 do how do we uh how can you describe that well, it's like the, I guess it's like the blind man that said, all I know, all I know is that when he touched me, I was blind, but now I can see. I was lost, but now I'm found. All I know was that he made all the difference in the world. All I know is that all of a sudden I came alive on the inside 
to God. And I knew that I belonged to Him. I gave Him my life and He took me. Pastor Ron's going to come. I I just want to ask you today, if you're here today, uh, because this is the one we have, the Bible says that uh, not to worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow may not come. And if it do come, just like every other tomorrow, you'll have stuff you have to deal with tomorrow. And don't worry about yesterday. It's gone. Can't do anything. Water under the bridge. It's gone. Can't change it. It's done. But the Bible says today, if you hear his voice, Lord, we're trusting that you'll hear his voice. I didn't really come to preach a wild, fiery, unforgettable sermon today. But I did come today hoping that, like Jesus said, the day will come. Came for me. For many of you out there, it came for you. The Bible says that the day will come. Jesus declared this by faith. He said the day will come when the dead when dead men and women will hear the voice of the Son of God and they'll come alive just at the sound of His voice. The Bible says if you believe in your heart God raised Jesus from the dead you have to also believing that is also a hope that comes and says that like in Ephesians that He took me with Him. He made a way for me to come back to God. He made a way for me to be raised from the dead of my sins and my trespasses and come alive to God, come back to God and come back to life. I wonder if you're here today and you just need to come back to God. I don't believe there are any accidents. I don't, I don't believe that, that, that we're born just by the will of man. I believe that every person is planned. Every person is purposed. Every person is a spirit that comes from the Father of all spirits who is God the Father who wanted us. Who created us. who made a plan for you and I to be here today and to look into this word and to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And I, I pray that eyes would be opened, ears would be opened, and hearts would be tuned in and turned towards God today. If you're here today and you've never uh, accepted Jesus, His generous offer to come back to God and come back to life, that you'll do that today. You know, going to church won't, doesn't make you a Christian. Anymore, if I go down to my barn, it don't make me a sheep or a goat. Just being in the barn don't. Being in the church don't. But faith in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Believing God raised Jesus from the dead. If you need new life today, if you 
you need uh, the power of this new life in you. And you're ready for God. Let's take just a moment. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. I'm going to ask you to be honest with yourself. Be honest before God. Because God knows. And I pray that you know today. I, I need to get right with God. I need to come back to God. Why don't you just slip your hand up real quick and I'll pray for you. Say, preacher, pray. Pray for me. Probably mama's been praying for you and granny's been praying for you and daddy and aunts and uncles and family. God bless you. Down through the God bless you. God bless you. Down through the your history. God bless you. Hands all over the house. Hands all over the house. I'm going to tell you. Jesus said, no one comes to me except the Father draws him to me. He said, when I'm lifted up, he said, I will attract people's hearts and minds to me. And I believe the Spirit of God is doing that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer together. And this is a come back to God. We either either come back to life, either the first time or, you know, uh, or this time. The important thing is that you come back to God. Steps that the Bible says, believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with our mouth that He is Lord. Now, I'm not asking you, you know, this isn't, uh, we don't have a booth here where you have to close, where there's a curtain and you have to confess your sins one by one to another person or anything like that. But I that it's the confession should be this. You know what? Jesus is my Lord. I just wanted to tell you that. See, it's your first steps uh, with him is confessing him before men. It's confessing his lordship uh, over our life. And it's good for us to do that. It's the, also the first act of faith in that being a witness for him. Jesus is my Lord, and you'd be surprised. It's to seal the deal. You know, you can go, you can go to uh, uh, the bank and or this place or that place, and they'll make all the all the paperwork out in the world. But if you never sign on the dotted line, it don't make a difference. Your name could be printed up there. Everybody can have the best intentions of the world. It's all for you. But at some point in time, they put the paper in there. And go, you sign right there if you agree with this. When you come up. And you say, Jesus is my Lord. It's not for that person. It's not for, it's for, it's sealing the deal. It's saying, I'm in agreement with what the, what I just prayed and what just happened in my life. And Jesus, and it'll do something. Some of you need to come out of the closet. You've been a secret Christian for too long. And I'll tell you, it'll break that spirit of the fear of man off of you. It'll break that. Uh, it'll break that, you know, uh, having to, uh, you know, be ashamed. A, a and I understand that. I, I do. But I'll tell you what, there's a way out of that. Amen. And this is one of you do it in here where people that will believe just like you do. And it'll be, a, and I'll tell you something will happen uh, uh, on the inside. And also, uh, it's good that folks can, can then hold you in their heart and pray for you. You know, they won't forget you. You're not around here. You, you know, no, we do our very best to get a record of your visit. All right? And, and it's, it's exactly what Pastor Sandy says. So that we have a name. I, 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 I don't do so good with 
uh, names, I remember faces. And I'll tell you what now, you know, I know when folks are here or not here. I know when new people come and I pray over them, whether we ever see them again or not. But it's a, it's a, it is a point of connection. And at some point in time, you have to connect with someone here on the earth and connecting with a God that's in heaven. Amen. We'd love to have you be part of this family. I want to welcome you to the family of God. It's universal. It's all over the place. You know, but not just any old place will do. You know, my folks carried me to our house from the hospital. They didn't stop three blocks down and say, Hey, we just had a baby. We need some help raising him. Would you all mind if we just dropped him off here? We'll visit him Easter and Christmas. If he has a birthday, we'll send a card. No, they were. There was. I was born into a certain family by God's design, so that I could be cared for and loved, and and be raised the way that He wanted me to be raised. It's the same way in a church. Now, there's a lot of good churches. Don't misunderstand me. I just don't think any of them are quite as good as this one. And now, pardon me. You know, it's it's not. It's not bad for that. It's just that I know what we're going to tell you here. I know the God that we're, that, we're, that we're going to share with you here. I know that if you get sick, we'll get you healed. I know that if the devil jumps on you, we'll get him off of you. I know that if you come in here, you're going to find mercy and grace. We're not going to condemn you and beat you over the head and tell you you ain't right. You know, uh, I, you know get right, get on and for. And, and forget about it. I know what, how you're going to be treated and how you're going to be loved here. So I do believe, you know, this is a good one. It's a better one than any of the other ones from the standpoint of that I'm here. Amen. Amen. Now listen. And, and I have a say-so of what happens here. Isn't that right? And I'll tell you what happens here. The love of God. The mercy of God. You're not going to come in here and folks going to whoop up on you and tell you, even if you have been bad. Ain't no point in saying that. You know you've been bad. Nobody has to tell you that. I, you know, I, I remember wading through when I first uh, went in, you know, it, it was like, you know, they kept telling me, I, I know, what, you know, the hell was hot. And there was a, a worm that dieth not. I knew all that. It was like, okay, you know, hey. Tell me how to miss all that. I came for the good news. The good news isn't that, you know, uh, I know all that, okay? I want out of that. <laughs> Show me the, and when you come in here, now listen, that's what you're going to find. You're going to find the mercy of God. You're going to find grace. Well, I've sinned. Well, then we'll just give you more grace. Well, I messed up more than one time. Well, then we'll just give you more grace and give you more mercy. That's what you need. You don't need a whooping. You've already been whooped. You need a loving. You need a helping. You need a heaping helping of the love of God. Amen. You need, you, that's what you need. And I can guarantee you around here you're going to get that. And if you don't, you know, we'll whoop on the folks that are trying to whoop on you. Now we won't. We'll love them because the love of God just doesn't fail. You know, well, I just don't believe that, that, you know, that, that, well, then you don't believe right. Because the love of God, when all else fails, try loving folks. Jesus loved us back to God, and Jesus will love you back to life. Folks, 
are already condemned. Folks are already hurt. Folks are already broken. Folks are already in need of God. Let them come to know the God that loves them, who he really is and what he has. And mercy will triumph over judgment. Nobody around here judge you. Judge yourself so you won't have to be judged. Don't fear what, what folks could think about you. Think about what God thinks about you. Amen. And he doesn't want, he's not condemning you. He doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to help you. Wants to love on you. And if we get criticized for that, oh well, oh well. Well, you're just too much grace and mercy. Oh well. I've been the other way. It's not no help at all. Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? If you prayed that prayer, come up, uh, just come up here afterwards. Uh, folks will be up here. They're going to dismiss you. Uh, uh, now, thank you for coming today. Happy Easter. Especially happy Easter. Uh, if this is your first Easter with the Lord, uh, if, uh, don't, don't spend another one without Him. Amen. Don't do without God. Right. Why do without when He offers us so much and so great a salvation? Amen. Well, God bless you all. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.